Welcome back to the Christian Theological Dark Web. There exists a cosmic war which is of old. Even before mankind existed, this war raged on. However, when man came onto the scene, our adversary saw a need to usurp our birthright and inheritance. That is to say, planet Earth and all that inhabits it. Today's episode is titled, Proto-Evangelion, The Skull Crusher. It marks the beginning of our newest series called, The Serpent and the Sea. In this episode, we will dive into the prophecy of the Proto-Evangelion. It is called this because it is considered the first gospel when God spoke these first words containing the first promise of redemption in the Bible. But, is redemption the only thing promised? Find out today on this episode of The Christian Theological Dark Web. Okay, here we go. Um, so, howdy guys. Welcome back to the Christian Theological Dark Web. It is awesome to be back on. We had a three-week hiatus. Goodness gracious. Um, so, you know, goodness gracious, so I don't upset Miss uh, Miss Bertha. God bless your soul. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, guys, uh, welcome back. It's, it's good to be back on. We, we had a good little lapse there, but I am happy to be back. Um, I want to give you guys a few they updates. They don't even know we were gone. I know. For them, it's like, <laughs> there's no difference. But it's been like, whatever. I feel it's weird because I was like, oh, I'm going to have so much more time to get things done now and I'll get a, get ahead. And I barely got ahead. I, I think I barely got ahead. Um, not very much. So pray for us. Help us to pray for us. To keep <laughs> on that. Um, so I want to just plug in a few things before we get started. Uh, I've noticed that I take too much time at the beginning. We take too much time. So we're going to jump right into it uh, after just after a quick word from our sponsor. Um, <laughs> uh, we would love to connect with you guys. You can do so at solo.to slash the CTDW, which will be listed here or here or here or here. Um, you know how uh, the genie says on Aladdin, the exits are here, 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 anywhere. Um, you can find that on one of those. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of old school Disney, not, not so much the new web stuff. Um, so solo.to slash the CTDW, which will be listed guys. Um, I should also mention if you would like to support us, we would be more than happy. You can support us for as little as five bucks on Patreon. That would be super and awesome to us. The more support we get from you guys, the more you listen, the more all that stuff, the more we can produce more content right now. We're limited to once every two weeks, we're putting everything out approximately, but with your support and your help. And really, um, honestly and truly, if you guys are able to help just us, just ten cents a day. Yeah, <laughs> you can feed a feed a hungry child. Um, we're too blessed to be hungry, I think. But uh, oh, praise God, it's true. Yeah, it's a good problem. Um, so, uh, yeah, support us there if you would like to. Furthermore, uh, you can follow us if you'd like to directly. If you go to the solo.to website, you or Linktree is really what it is. You'll find all of our stuff. Uh, you'll find our podcast. You'll find all our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, good night. I'm, I'm working on thinking about even getting like a, <laughs> a truth social. I mean, just kind of all of it. I'm just Rumble. trying to put it all on there. Rumble. Um, our stuff is now on YouTube, slowly being uploaded. So you can check it there out there too. Um, I would recommend if you're able to soon, I'm going to have stuff on Rumble. Support that, that platform. There's way more opportunity for free speech there. Mm -hmm. um, but if you would like to follow us directly, you can do so at anchor.fm slash the CTDW. All of our stuff is at slash the CTDW. 
And uh, you can also do that at Spotify. If you go to the Anchor website and you look for us there, there is a survey after each one of our podcasts. And you can give your feedback, what you think. Uh, feel free to please send us an email. It's super easy. The Christian Theological Dark Web at gmail.com, which you can find in the link tree also. Um, so, yeah, man, honestly, without further ado, I will go ahead and introduce the topic. Um, and then I'll let Shelly kind of get started about how she's feeling. Really, she's kind of heading this topic, and I know this is super important to her. It's also very important to me, but I, I think it's it's more important to her even because it's a long time coming. We'll just put it that way. Um, yes, yeah, so we are starting a new series called The Seed, The Serpent and the Seed, excuse me. And um, if it's not self-explanatory, it will become so very quickly <laughs> once we start talking about it. Um, I'm going to really let Shelly take the reins, just some, I guess, some cool, cool news. We have 80, we're almost at the point where we can actually do read on ads, which is kind of crazy. Um, and start earning money that way for this podcast, which is kind of crazy. Um, given our content, I don't know who wants to, to advertise <laughs> with us, but you know, I'm, I'm willing if they are. And, um, oil suppliers. What's that? Yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? Um, really and truly shall I've, I've been kind of blown away. People, have really been like, I just come across people. I met some lady last week and she was like, Hey, I listen to your podcast. I'm going to share it with all these people at my church cool. and all my friends. And I was like, Whoa, sure. Great. Cool. <laughs> awesome. So anyway, back to our regularly scheduled program. As I said, shell, this is the first episode of the serpent and the seed. I will let you take it away. My friend from wherever you would like to begin. All right. <clears throat> I think Let's start in the middle because okay. the middle is a good place to start for this. Um, I, I vote in the little um, elections, the ones that everybody forgets happen the ones that everybody thinks don't matter. You know, um, more Americans vote for our, the president than we do for senators or congressmen or our locally elected um, officials. And for some reason, we have all bought into the the notion that, um, that the president is somebody who wields a lot of power. And praise God, um, that man or someday woman um, can only serve for eight years max. So really their power, the power of a president is not that great. The power of a senator is a lot more because we don't have um, terms. So we have senators and congresspersons that have been in office longer than we've been alive. The, so far the swamp has not been drained very successfully. <laughs> um, and so your senators and congresspersons have a lot more power over you, but your local city reps, they have serious power over you, um, power to do things like ban guns in your city, um, 
I remember I grew up in, in a northern California um, city called Stockton, and somewhere somebody is shuddering. I, I can feel the atmospheric <laughs> disturbance. Um, and in 1985, they banned guns in the city. My family moved <laughs> to Arizona. Yeah. yeah. And, and so Somewhat coincidentally, but also um, uh, that affected my parents' decision. Um, but you wouldn't think, oh, they can't do that. That's a constitutionally protected um, right. And I know we're, we're a Bible podcast. We're getting there. Trust me, we really are. But I'll kill two birds with one stone. Um, or a shotgun. <laughs> You know, <laughs> at least a handgun or two. <laughs> chill out, chill out. I'm not killing any birds. I like my birds, but metaphorically <laughs> speaking, anyhow, yes. um, the the moral of the story is we take for granted the things that really have power over our immediate day-to-day -day life. And we do that... Um, spiritually as well we um we go through our day we may start our day and you know um uh consecrate our day to god you know this is the day that you have made let us rejoice and be glad in it uh something along those lines i know um in my church that's a very common um thing that we are encouraged to do start your day devoting it to god and recognizing that he's in control of it and i think that's a really really wise thing to do um okay let me, sorry my daughter and my grandson were visiting and they are leaving now um another thing um we have this really cool um, lady in our church, Miss Marge, um, and she's oh, she's a spectacular woman. I love her, but she talks about how she goes through the motions of putting her spiritual armor on every day, every morning. It's something that she does. She girds herself up for battle, and um, when when she had mentioned it in the uh, Wednesday night Bible study, it was so. Um, epiphanal for so many of us like why in the world don't we do that that's a great idea and the why we don't do it is the same reason we have trouble voting for our local representatives because we forget what really controls our day-to-day where I wanted to start, like I said, is in the middle with Ephesians six twelve, which tells us to, um, it tells us that our weapons. Uh, sorry, it tells us that our fight is not against people, but it's against principalities and powers, spiritual forces of evil, in the heavenly realms. Um, uh, Derek Gilbert of Gilbert House. If you have not found them, I do recommend that you do. Ricky and I are new to the Gilbert House crew. Um, Gilbert House. But 
Yeah. <laughs> what they, it is really good stuff. What, what they put out is, is amazing. They've been around for a long time, but just came up on our radar. Um, but they, <laughs> it, right. They, they like to talk about the, the, um, the Prince of the powers of the air. And um, that's how Paul refers to uh, Hasatan, the the Satan, our adversary, the the, adversary. the main ruler of um, of our enemies, and um, we we have a tendency not to think about the spiritual realm very much. I mean, we're all spirit. We all when we're thinking to ourselves in in um you know going through our day we recognize that we're spirit you know that we're spirit that has a soul or a mind that inhabits a body but really our focus is on everything physical we um we focus on our friends are not friends uh, the people cutting us off in traffic, uh, the big boss coming into town. Um, I mean, it, the, the list is, it is finite, but it's pretty stinking long. And I definitely couldn't list everything that, that I focus on in a day. What I have a hard time remembering is that my beef isn't with people. It's against principalities and powers and mm -hmm. spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's, it, it's, um, it's not a carnal or a physical issue. It just appears that way but it's spiritually driven um the bible tells us that our enemy the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour not just to like mess up your day a little bit and you know cause some tears some heartache he wants to devour us and um this this kind of language is not mamby pamby it's it's very intense because our enemy is very intense, but our response to him is pretty lukewarm most of the time, at least in, in my experience. Yeah. I was just going to make a quick callback, uh, not even really deviate from what you're talking about. But if you guys um, are noticing, there's a trend that we've actually already talked about, which is um, stillness, thoughtfulness, quietness, and all of these things that Shelly is mentioning. Uh, or are mentioning, or Shelley is mentioning, right? We have to <laughs> have the subject verb agreement there. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, the individual, not the items that are uh, being, that are expressing the view. Um, it's important to remember that all these are distractions, intentional distractions. And some, some are simply just distractions because they are, right? I mean, that's just the way life is sometimes. Um, but it, it is certainly a way to keep us highly mindful of the physical and not the, the metaphysical. Uh, so uh, if you would like to look back at that one, if you haven't watched it, um, that's episode episode two of The Quiet Rebellion, um, which has some pretty good content that I uh, really liked about that one in particular. Go ahead, Shelby. Right, being mindful um, and not being in a hurry. Mm -hmm. um, and so the mindfulness- Thinking about our adversary. <clears throat> Absolutely. You know what? Not not looking for a demon under every rock sure. by, 
you know, by any stretch of the imagination. If if your microwave cooks working and because you put uh, a metal plate in it, it, that wasn't the devil. It, it just wasn't so it was bad, bad life <laughs> decision there. Um, right. But not everything, not everything is happenstance and bad life decisions. Very mm. much of it is, um, oh, dare I say, a cosmic conspiracy against us. Um, I know. That's crazy. Conspiracy is a bad word. <laughs> Telling you we're going to have to get some tinfoil. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe maybe you want to talk a little bit about what we were talking about, about how conspiracy is uh, only in very, in the last, what, 50 or 60 years, has that even been an issue to use that word? Yep. I mean, conspiracy is not a new term, but mm -hmm. conspiracy theory as a way to um, denigrate people or an idea that that is a newer psyop um, mm -hmm. from, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm going to go with the fifties. I've not looked at the date, but I'm, I think I could comfortably guess that it's from the 1950s when it really started being bandied about a whole lot more by by the CIA and um, the powers that be to to discredit people. And you know what? Some conspiracy theories out there can be pretty wackadoodle. But <laughs> some things that have been labeled as conspiracy theory re recently have uh, turned into conspiracy fact. Mm. And... Um, you know, we won't we won't go down that rabbit hole today because it's it's a big rabbit hole. But we're going to stick to our guns that um, there is a cosmic conspiracy. The Bible spells it out. Our enemy, the devil, he is prowling around looking to destroy us. He is throwing flaming darts at us. He um, he is out to still kill and destroy. He, his goal is to divide the house because a house divided cannot stand. Um, and, and we have to recognize that so that we can recognize that our weapons are not physical either. They're not carnal, they're, but they're powerful to, to the tearing down of strongholds. Um, and, and I went ahead and looked at the armor of God scripture, obviously, you know, there in Ephesians six. And, um, I listed them out for myself. Um, but then I also remembered that Isaiah has a couple of other, um, parts of armoring as well that I really like. And, um, those are found in Isaiah, the 59th chapter, um, most of them in, in um, verse 17. But the armor of God, we have the belt of truth. And boy, this week has been a fun one for me. And that belt of, belt of truth, I feel like I have been whooped with it a little bit um, for speaking truth. But um, there's also the breadth. <laughs> the, yeah. But, uh, well, I didn't mean it that way, but apparently, pun not intended, but uh, also appropriate. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> there's a breastplate of righteousness, um, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of trusting, also called the shield of faith. But really, faith is a noun and trusting is an active action verb. Um, and I like trusting a whole lot better because it reminds me that I have to actively trust. I can't rely on faith. Faith will diminish if it is not active. Mm. So, um, yeah. The Take shield care. of trusting. Um, mm. There, uh, Isaiah also talks about the breastplate of righteousness, um, same as uh, Paul does. But then there's there's the helmet of salvation, which is also found both in um, mm -hmm. Ephesians Isaiah. and in Isaiah. Can I say a quick thing about? Um, sure. About faith in general, um, I think I think it's I've I've thought about that also actually um, the part of speech that the fact that faith is a is a noun and not a verb. And a lot of times it's like, why why would that be a thing, right? Like that's cultures cultures uh, congregate or or place weight and clout on things that are important to them. Right. So there's a very real reason that the word is a noun. Now, that's a weird thing to think about. I know, but I'm going to give you my reasoning for it. And I think that it's a noun because faith is expressed so diversely. It's not a one suit fits all. There's right. not a single verb. You can't faith it. Right. <laughs> you have to. Enact Although maybe, the noun. We <laughs> maybe we should. I agree. I don't disagree with you, but I think keep on faith. Yeah. <laughs> Right, right. Um, I'm just going to faith through it, right? But uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, but I think that I think that it's intention. It was probably intentionally left an, as a noun because it it shows up in so many different ways. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. No, that's good. Um, helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit. Mm -hmm. um, the I mentioned that show because we're going to be talking about how sometimes how much faith requires for us to believe some of the things that the Bible says has happened on this earth and is happening on this earth. Sorry. Some that's that's really about some us. incredible things. Foreshadowing. Right. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> they call that the, um, the shotgun over the fireplace. <laughs> if there's a scene and they the show the shotgun over the fireplace, you can bet that shotgun's going to be used mm -hmm. in a pivotal <laughs> role in whatever film or um, play that's being enacted. Um, yeah. Helmet of Salvation, Sword of the Spirit. I, here I put in my notes the fight of prayer. Mm. Um, because prayer is active it's also passive um we've already talked about <laughs> that harkens the, back to episode one there. of the quiet rebellion <laughs> yes the middle voice but the fight of prayer which is is vital pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests you know is is how yeah. paul finishes it out the section um, but in Isaiah, there's there's an interesting garment called the garment of vengeance, and that doesn't that doesn't Sometimes sit very well mantle, with the be right? nice. Uh huh. 
Yeah, it's definitely a cloak. Um, the mantle is of zeal, actually. Oh, right. The, the garment is of vengeance, and the mantle is of zeal. And there's another charged word, man. <laughs> um, but when, when you start your day, guys, I encourage you, and I have to encourage myself because sometimes 5 o'clock comes and I want to do nothing but snuggle back in my pillow a little bit longer. Um, but to suit up because our enemy, he's real. He's real. He's real, 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 really. And he's not, he doesn't take a day off. There's not a day off. The devil shows up in your church more than you do. He is more faithful than the pastor to, to be there because he's got an agenda that, that very much matters to him. And we see his agenda begin, man, back at the beginning. So now we will go to... No, we won't go to the beginning. Rick, you found out some interesting things in Ephesians. Would you please? Which which will segue beautifully, actually, to what you're about to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, guys, In in, I guess I'll start from a general perspective, especially as Americans, but I would just say as modern individuals in general, we don't tend to think of things from the macro to the micro. We tend to think of the micro to the macro. What do I mean? Uh, the United States itself, right? It, as a governing body, as a philosophical phenomenon, takes the idea of self and allows it to spread outward. Now, there are some very serious advantages to that. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not downplaying or even trying to placate those those advantages or be ungrateful to them either, right? Because some of those things are so powerful that they birthed all sorts of things we would have never had on this earth had mm-hmm. had that not been the case. Um, so it was definitely a different way of looking at things, um, the micro going towards the macro. But the old world, and I dare say most of the world <laughs> actually looks at the macro and then goes to the micro. Um, I once heard Ravi Zacharias say that he was talking to a, an Arab, um, I don't remember for what, from what country, and he, he explained it really, really well like this. He says he drew two circles. One was a giant circle and one was a small circle inside that giant circle. And he says, in the West where you're from, you are the large circle and the small circle in the middle is everything else. Hmm. In my culture, I am the small circle in the middle and my culture and, and religion and all that other stuff are, are the big circle, which, which was really an eye opening. When I first heard it, I was like, that's a very eye opening statement. Um, mm-hmm. so it kind of tells you where we place value. And I, again, I'm not, I'm not casting stones. That's not what I'm doing. I'm just trying to give perspective. Um, because I think it's easy, it's easy for pe- people to, for anyone to take this as like, ah, that's, you don't love your country. That's not true. If it were, I wouldn't have this guy. <laughs> So I was not planning this. It just happened. Um, Now there's no way to cast stones at me. Okay. So uh, it's important to recognize that that's the case, that, that the rest of the world and certainly the old world 
view viewed the cosmos from a macro to a micro. Um, now, let me get into what I mean about that. I was curious about Shell's notes when she she mentioned about the armor of God. Um, it's not that I've never read that. Obviously, I've read it before, but I was curious about uh, the context there there before that. Well, I, I looked back and then it talks about slaves and masters and kind of talk about how they should interact. And before that, about children and their parents. And before that, about spouses. And I was like, oh, this is weird. So I decided to go all the way back to the beginning of the chapter. And I'm just going to read these off. It won't even take me long. The first part of this, and, and I didn't even I didn't even read anything. That's right. I didn't even read anything but the headings. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. Uh, it yeah. is kind of crazy. I read the headings. And sure, you can read the content, which talks about the headings. That's what they're there for, <laughs> um, to be a guide. But it was very, very interesting that the whole, the entirety of Paul's letter goes from the macro to the micro as such. Number one, the benefits and reality of interaction with Christ. Two, our status when having received Christ. Three, the unity at the full level of Christ. Four, all of which the Gentiles, all that which the Gentiles are to receive. That's the entirety of the Gentiles. The letter is to the Ephesians. So obviously the next part is, all that which the Ephesians are to receive. And then he talks about unity within the body of Christ and the functions of different ministries of, you know, pastors and, and uh, evangelists and so on and so forth. And I thought that that was fascinating because these are all subsets of one another. Right. And then Paul says he gives us instruction on how to live. And there's some subsets to those, how to live because he's talking about different types of interaction now that we've gone from how we interact with the Gentiles, now to the Ephesians, now to the body of Christ, within the body of Christ, how do we how do we interact as spouses, right? How do we interact as parents with our children or as children with our parents? And then as slaves and masters. Now, you can look at this, you know, from the very typical uh, kind of way of looking at this and immediately find offense with it. But... That was the old world. The old world was slaves and masters. And so um, there's Paul has extremely choice words to say about that. But the, the thing I'm pointing at is not that it's right or wrong or any of those things. What I'm pointing at is, is that there, there, were, there were laws, guidelines, if nothing else, right, on how to interact appropriately to, to be in, in line with, with God's teachings. And then... And then, and only then, once we have a full macro, almost mini microcosm of, of an idea of how to, how to conduct ourselves, Paul says... All the way down okay. to the nuclear family. Uh-huh. And the atom is, this is who your enemy is, because that's the next point. He says, this is who your enemy is. And he lines it out. He talks, us, talks to us about who, who the, uh, the power of the air is, right? Talks about the Satan. Exactly. And then he says, now, now that you know all that stuff, now put the armor of God on. And, th- and then he tells us how to fight, which is even more interesting. Um, and, it, and it was funny when Shell was talking about that. Right after that, it, it, he goes full macrocosm again. He's like, this is why you have to do all these things, going from the tiny to, to the gigantic to the, to the minuscule. And then he goes, because this war is waging. So he puts it back in perspective to, to what I mean it's it's actually a very masterful way of presenting things it's it's kind of brilliant to be honest um, so I think that that's important because what shell is about to talk about and I'm not going to steal her thunder um, starts from the macro 
and and leads us further down that rabbit hole so that we understand on the micro what we have to do take it away show absolutely <clears throat> i switch um, my head back around <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go all the way back to genesis and we will start at the beginning um i'll tell you honestly uh ricky and i both believe that genesis happened the way god said it he made plants before he made sun um, he made everything in 24-hour periods. It was it was the day, it was the night, it was the next day. Um, God saw all these things, and they were good. Um, I will say I, that's something I've battled with for a long time, um, and I, I I still and I still try and follow the evidence. If I see like, well, maybe you know, maybe I'm wrong about this. I'm I'm willing to be wrong about it. That's fine with me. But but from more recent study, I'm like, it, it does make sense. There's stuff that's unaccounted for and we need to account for it. And the biblical narrative provides a lot of light on that stuff. Real good job. Well, and not only that, but if you believe in a God who, who said light and then created light, not just as particles, <laughs> but as waves, which will always be a very cool thing for me. And I'm sure I will mention it a lot more times. Um, you know, he can do what he wants. He can do things however he wants. And if he wants to make plants on day, uh, what, day three and the sun, moon and stars on day four um, to show that he is the life bringer and not the sun, he, he can do what he wants. Um, and I don't really have a problem with that because I believe that he is the only uncreated one and that he created everything um, and I also believe that we were the second born. We, we are the second, the second set of image bearers where we're not the first. When, when God is talking to himself in the garden, he uses we a lot. And, um, I remember being taught this and, and it, it, there's validity to it that the we is Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Um, that Elohim was talking to himself, but he also had already created other image bearers and um, they are the little e Elohim or angels. The most common term is angels and I'm, I'm cool with that. There are lots of other terms. Um, including the Watcher, including Elohim, including little G-Gods. And we'll definitely go into little G-Gods a whole lot more um, as we progress. Today, though, um, we, we are going to talk about the Elohim a bit. Go ahead, Rick. Okay, what were you say, say? I was say, I would say, you know, I, I, the only thing I was going to say is to make sure that we, we want to make sure that we give provide some solid caveats around the word small, small G gods, because that is, it is so foreign to us as modern day humans. It is so unbelievable, especially as modern day Christians. It is so foreign to us what that actually means. And it's very important that we understand it. Well, especially being as Judeo-Christian belief is monotheistic, right. but Correct. it it is monotheistic in the fact that we believe only God is worthy of worship. Um, 
he he is different from everything else yeah we froze for a moment um he is different from everything else because he is the creator and everything else is created every one of those little g gods is created but they they have a lot of basis in um in history the word of god talks about them a lot the intertestamental uh books there are, are a couple um enoch being the big one mm-hmm. that that talks about them even more um at great length at that's all it's about pretty much um yeah. and uh jesus his brother james his followers paul they were all very familiar with book of enoch i'm not saying that it it should have been canon because again god God knows what he's doing and he'll do things the way he wants to do them. But um, it has a place and it should have a place in Christians' libraries the same as mere Christianity or the great divorce. If not Um, more, I would say. Oh, yeah. I I would too, even though, you know, we all know that. Love me some Clive Staples. Do indeed. Do indeed. Mr. Lewis is the man. Um. But the the Elohim, the Elohim are something that first the first man and his wife were familiar with. Adam and Eve didn't balk at a talking serpent, which to me is real weird because if if a beautiful, the Bible says, um, the pinnacle of the animal world. Uh, a gorgeous, crafty serpent with legs was talking to me. I'm not sure which I would do first, fall over or well, pee on myself. So- <laughs> within, within the context of, uh, of the garden, though, right? Like, uh, there was no room for fear. Oh, that's a great point. There was no room for fear, but also Adam. But I mean, was, from our perspective here, yeah, that'd be real weird. Right, it would be really weird, and it it, it seems like a, somewhat of a foreign concept to us. However, it's way <laughs> less foreign. It's way less foreign than we realize, and we'll yeah. we'll uh, flesh that out today. But um, long story short. Adam and Eve were not strangers to this this um, serpent in the garden. And he didn't come across as nefarious to them. Yes. Again, you're right. There was no fear. Um, but we all like to think that we would sense the presence of evil. I know that I'd like to think that I would, but I, I know that there's evil around us so much of the time and we are oblivious and me, That's such me I am topic. oblivious. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I think that that's what the, the verse in the Bible talks about that when it talks in the end times, that even, even the elect will be deceived if such a thing were possible, mm-hmm. man, I, I take that for so seriously. And I, I mean, I, I don't even think I have to take it very seriously anymore because I just watched it happen with, with the, uh, the coof. 
right? I mean, we watched it play out in real time. And <clears throat> you ask people about it now, it's like, what do you mean? Oh, yeah, that thing. Okay. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Great. It wasn't, too, yeah, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't evil. I mean, it was really bad and had super bad ramifications, but maybe not evil. You know, is, is what see. you hear, right? Yep. Move, move on. Never mind the man behind the curtain. My birds are very into this today. I'm I very think sorry. I have some, some very serious opinions about the coup shot. <laughs> I think so. So, yeah. back to. <laughs> I, I have my trusty weapon. <laughs> now, the, we have water bottles in all of the rooms in our house, I am telling you. That is, that is how our animals are uh, taught to settle Trained. down. <laughs> yeah, really, they That's are. Funny. They're all water drained. It That's works pretty well. <laughs> so I think um, we've all heard the story of Adam and Eve and the serpent and the forbidden fruit, um, commonly referred to as an apple. But man, I just can't see it being an apple. Um, however, it's interesting that, that they covered themselves with big leaves. I'm just saying, based on that, I would wonder more if it was some sort of figgy type fruit. But honestly, I think it was it was um, metaphysical more than physical. Um, it's hard to describe a thing. It's hard to describe a dimensionality that you're not able to occupy anymore. Yeah, that's that's a really good point. And we know that there are more dimensions than than the few that we occupy you know, length, breadth, width, um, what's the other one? Height. Um, we know, we, we know that there's spirit because we are spirit. When, when I think of me, I, d I don't always just think of this, you know, um, I, I think of me and it's, I, I can't touch who I feel I really am. Um, and so that's another dimension, right? You can touch the hardware, not the software. Right, right. Um, so you're you're right. I, I don't know. And the fruit, that fruit is really not the issue um, that we're talking about. Really, the issue here is the conversation what? between the humans and and the beautiful, crafty ser serpent. Um. The serpent. Is that the, what it really was? Well, I mean, obviously the the Satan. I don't know if I want to open all, all of that can of 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 Satan and, and uh, Lucifer and what we what we think we know of the devil and the fact that it's really a cadre of spiritual beings who I think really kind of vie for top dog, which makes sense. Humans do it. Um, the, the fallen Elohim would do it. Um, but there's, there's some interesting clues in the words that the Bible uses for serpent here um the hebrew the actual word is nakash and um that 
that word really means it means serpent um but there there are um other scriptures that use the word tannin and that's a weird word because it it means serpent means snake uh, of which dragon falls into the category it, it does include dragon but also um oh gosh what is the name of the wild dog-like animal um Sorry. i didn't know uh i uh, didn't put it in my notes you think about the dog of hades no um Look it up really quick, Rick. T a n n i n tannin. Um, it is. Oh gosh, darn it! Tannin. Um, it's not just serpents. It's not. It's not a wolf. It's not a coyote. It is hyenas. I think it's hyenas. That it also means. Um, oh. In modern Hebrew, tannin is crocodile. That's interesting. No, that is interesting. That's not the one, but that still kind of makes sense because because yeah. it's a reptile. As, you remember that our... being um, about I, I, I think it, creature. Uh huh. I think it was or jackals. It was either jackals or um, hyenas. That's interesting. Yeah. So it and you know you'd think that I would have paid better attention to putting it in my notes being as it obviously was kind of an, uh, an interesting factoid to me. Um, but then the, the third term that I kind of feel is the most interesting um, of the snake names is Sarah, which is um, the singular of Seraphim, um, which is is a, a level of Elohim or a level of angel. But again, seraph also means serpent. As a matter of fact, serpent is literally seraph transliterated. Um, yeah. The, the Jewish uh, letters sounded out oh, in English okay. is what seraph... I have a response for you when you're done. Okay, it's what seraph is... Um, and Seraphim is really cool. Uh, Rick and I were talking about this before we uh, signed on. And uh, it was very interesting to both of us that, that Seraph also means fiery one mm -hmm. or shining one. Um, Beautiful. And what was that? It could be because of beautiful. It could be, could be be conceptually based on the idea of beautiful colors, also. Right, or the the fiery bite of a serpent, mm -hmm. um, which is where uh, it got transliterated to to refer a lot more to the um, earthly snakes. Yeah. But it's interesting because. Um, is it Isaiah 6? I think it is when Isaiah says, I saw the Lord seated on his throne in the year of Uzziah's I think that's reign. Right. Um, and he he t 
talks about the the seraphim and having um, wings with two with twain they covered their face and with twain they flew and with twain it's they six. they covered yeah, their it's, feet. It's chapter six. Um, but that description is of a flying like serpenty type being. Um, and you can, you can fall down like really interesting rabbit holes, looking this up for yourself. Um, yeah. and I would encourage you to do it. Don't ever take anything we say as gospel because then you're not, um, showing yourself as an approved workman who shouldn't be ashamed of his work. And, and I don't know about you, but I don't want to be ashamed. I don't want to do shameful um, work, but however that serpent really looked and whatever part of the serpent was serpent and whatever part of the serpent was adversary, I'm not really sure. We know that he spoke like the ab adversary who always couches his lie in a wee bit of truth so that the waters are really muddied for us. Did God really say? Um, so he, he spoke the language of quacks like a duck um, and a walks like a duck, it likely is a duck, or in this case, a devil. Um, so we we know the story. He gets he gets the woman to really look at taking that that bite of that that yeah. um, fruit or that knowledge, and she talks her husband into it rather easily. It seems to me, and then they realize that they're naked. Like for the first time, they realize they're naked and they are ashamed. And God comes back into the garden interfere indeed right there boom wacha it is there and you know, you know Shaw, um <clears throat> with regard to that and I, I know this is actually relevant to what you're about to talk to talk about go ahead uh, but we're just talking about dimensionality and i i'm gonna have to i have to ask my pastor the source that he was looking at, at, at it from but he was reading a book about the the fall of man and when when the fruit was consumed uh and what what this theologian posits is that that their their eyes were no longer able to see the spirit realm oh that's good and so they were terrified oh and not my only goodness were they terrified, can you imagine i cannot um you know probably the same way we're terrified when we see the spirit realm was probably you know it, except here, I guess, right? There's the gut wrenching reality that, like, I'm cut off, right? When we see the supernatural, we're like, "Wow, that's so cool!" I get there's to see so a much of, more of what really is. Mm -hmm. But here it was like, "I'm cut off from all that really is." They had Sheesh. been a part of that. That's right. God walking with them yeah. daily was not um, foreign. It was. Ex they knew they yeah, knew that exactly. that was going to happen man you you know that has to be like the first instance of fear of the dark and Certainly. now fear of the dark why it is um universal makes a whole lot of sense doesn't yeah, it of course of course right i mean that's Christ, that's God a cool thought that, that um 
that the first thing he makes is light. I mean, there has to be a distinction, right? Like we have to, right. without light, we don't even know where to go. You know, I mean, of course it was terrifying. I mean, I think the, the, I think it was like a darkness that we can't even begin to fathom. That they I lost. bet they felt it. It wasn't just sight. Probably palpably. Mm. Or, or like a numbness, you know, maybe the complete opposite. Like suddenly I can't feel anything. Like it's gone. There's nothing there for me or, or there's nothing for me to connect with. When, when, when light was just emitting everywhere all the time mm. and every, every waking moment, everything was beautiful and, and glorious and yeah. Right. Sheesh. Now that's crazy. No wonder. Yeah. So that's, oh, that's kind of mind blowing right there. <laughs> Oof, man. Um, we weren't even going there. And we weren't, but man, I'm super glad you, well, but it, you opened but it that. But it puts things in perspective, right? I mean, it, it, it really puts what we're talking about and what you're going to continue to talk about in perspective. Right. So they were closed off from seeing into that unseen realm. It gives a whole new idea to, to scales on the eyes, right? I mean, when yeah. the Bible talks about how the scales fall off or how people are blinded to, to reality is because, I mean, I, I don't. I don't take it to be a figurative expression. I think that that's probably very literal. Um, but like yeah. all things, like most things, we can't see the spiritual. Right. And a lot, and a whole lot of the time we don't feel it. Yeah. Yeah. We, and I think sometimes. Well, how do you feel look... another dimension? Right. Right. How do you feel a dimension you're not really privy or part of? Privy to or part of rather. Yeah. Um, Except that I really I, think we geez. are part of it. It just goes no, on I, around I agree. us, and we are oblivious to it. But it's that it's not, wow, it's that's not something, something. That, we, that we can interact with, right? I mean, it's 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 yeah, yeah. I mean, there are tons of examples to give or comparisons, but I think it's kind of self-evident. There's a lot. Right. If you want, think about that for a while. Just let that stew in your brain about what what happened to them and how very different that world instantly became for them it's crazy talk about you know what you will surely die that was a kind of death absolutely that was a kind of death and it was instantaneous it didn't take a long time for it um they probably man, <laughs> they probably also physically felt it instantaneously like oh my body is breaking down right now i can right. feel it all of a sudden their cellular death um i mean that in my opinion that's where the that's where the uh famous second law of thermodynamics <laughs> right there very very likely atrophy and and break down that that makes um really good sense too it really does so whew. They're Sorry. stumbling about <laughs> in a spiritual darkness. They've they've taken some some leaves and somehow managed to cover themselves. And it's not like they were dumb. It's not like there was no, um, you know, that they didn't know how to to do things to to make things. Obviously, they did. But it, what what they. Um, 
what they clothed themselves with was very insufficient. So God comes into the garden and he's like, hey, where is everybody at? What's going on here? Which, you know, God doesn't ask questions that he doesn't already know the answer to. <laughs> um, God has no need to ask questions. Let's just, you know, be at funny. all. He asks but questions he does. for us. I think he does. It, he gives us an opportunity to be forthright. And yeah. and they're like, well, Every, we were naked. That God does. Yeah, everything that God does in our life is for us. It's not for Absolutely. anybody else. I mean, it's Absolutely. not for him, for sure. No. Why does he care? I mean, well, that's a whole different topic, right? But yeah, I mean, he, has, man. he has no <laughs> he has no impetus uh, to have to care. Let's just nope. put it that way. He just does. Um, He's good. But he comes into the garden. Where Where's everybody at? And they're like, well, we were naked. And he's like, what? Who told you that? And then, you know, all the finger pointing starts. Well, that woman that you gave me, she. And she's like, but the serpent tricked me. And then right there, God does this thing. He, he does. He gives the very first promise, prophecy. Um, and he doesn't give it to the man and he doesn't give it to the woman. He gives it to the serpent and he tells him from now on, you're going to eat dust. Your defeat is secured. I thought we could almost subtitle this. Another one bites the dust because <laughs> that, that is literally what that, um, uh, that saying, what, what it means you, you're going to bite the dust. Mm. It, it doesn't just mean mm. that um, snakes no longer have arms and legs, which, you know, That's a good point. probably also that, but you are destined for defeat, not for little defeat, but for big defeat. Yeah. You are, e. you are going to be under the foot of mankind you're you're gonna fall you're you are you're going to writhe in the dust and yeah. so then he he gives the first glimpse of the um the hope of mankind and he gives it to the adversary and he says um you're gonna crawl on the ground and the seed of woman is going to come and he is going to crush your head and your you will pierce his heel or you will bruise his heel. Um, and then the man and the woman knew that the skull crusher was going to come. The one who crushes the skulls of snakes was going to come. And so uh, that's called the Proto-Evangelion. And I happen to think it's a really cool term means basically the, the first prophecy, the first, the first good news. I want to, I want to make a quick subtitle here uh, or insert, I guess is a better way to say it. Um, I think it's interesting that uh, proto, the proto evangelium is the, the, the first prophecy about, 
an event and, and, you know, uh, a savior, right? A redeemer, a skull crusher, as we'll call him. It's a very metal term. I like it a lot. Um, (laughs) You know what? It took me all through the good old Kobe. Um, I'm just saying the, the idea (laughs) of, of the skull crusher was something that, that, it was my my battle anthem. Um, yeah. Good old David Crowder, um, man. Oh, that that's my anthem. When people would be afraid, I'd be like, "Here, let me link you this because yeah. this is my 2020 jam my all jam. the way." <laughs> um, it, it's cool because it's the proto Evangelion, which is the first mention of the Savior, right? Of the yeah, I think I think even Redeemer is almost a a more appropriate word because he Kin- certainly kinsman kinsman yeah. redeemer and we'll we'll yes. talk a little bit about that because that's a very so very special so um yes. kind of redemption and it plays out several times um mm-hmm. and so that's one and you'll see what i'm getting to in a second and then also it's the first prophecy which is two it is the first and thirdly it is the first mentions law in the Bible mm-hmm. as well. Law first mentions of of the uh, of the uh, the Savior to come, um, and if we think about this in the Hebrew way, right, like holy, holy, holy. Mm-hmm. This is wow. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Man, don't you just love when the Holy Spirit just like puts something on your heart? That's crazy. Uh, it is the most important prophecy that there is. Yep. It yep. is the most important of important prophecies. It's the prophecy of prophecy of prophecies, mm-hmm. to put it in the Hebrew expression or, or Hebrew sense. So that should give you guys some backdrop. I love that because I love what the Hebrew means when it says holy, holy, holy. We just think of it repeating three times and doesn't God get tired of hearing that? But it is the it is holier than the holiest holiness. That's what holy, holy, holy means in Hebrew holier than the holiest holiness i and love i love reduplication in every language it's such a cool it's such it, a cool grammatical thing now we would bold underline and italicize it yeah, so that yeah. in the email you understood that yeah. this is really the <laughs> most important part italics bold <laughs> underline yeah yeah that's right I love that. And that is, that is so true. That is the proto evangelion man in it. It tickles me um, to think about. And uh, by the, it, it, that, so that's uh, Genesis three fifteen proto evangelion. Do you want me to read it real quick? Yes. Let me read it real fast. I got it almost right here. Here we go. And I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Um, offspring, I, I, you know, that's a more common term that we like to use because it makes more sense to us. But it's the seed. It, it is, is the seed. seed. Your seed and, and, and the serpent's seed. That's a more accurate, um, more literal translation. It's really cool, too, because seed in... Um... And the Bible, especially again in Hebrew, is denoted to to the man. It is the seed mm-hmm. of the of the man, um, almost almost invariably when the terminology is used. Except here, it's the seed yeah. of the woman. Um, 
and it's it's very it's very cool and um adam and eve totally totally buy into it like they know beyond any shadow of a doubt that it's going to come because then the next scripture is you know they they're kicked out of the garden so they no longer have access to the um the tree of life and um the lesser known idea is that they're also kicked off of the divine council that adam had been in the divine council along with that seraphim who uh, they were so familiar with they sat in a council setting with yahweh the way that job one describes um of of the council of god at when the adversary comes in and god says have you seen my dude job mm -hmm. dude is the shiz and then the uh, yeah in modern vernacular <laughs> and then is he really built different <laughs> he is built different <laughs> he is far <laughs> Oh, these yeah. Gen Zers, these kiddos. <laughs> but it's it's that it's that council um, picture that is implied very much in Genesis um, here that they're no longer privy to. That's when when Ricky is talking about that um, dimension closes up. That's what it is. They're barred from the counsel of God. And we know it's going to be restored to us because don't you know There's that we are going to judge angels? Yeah. Don't you know? That's crazy. It, well, because God doesn't do things partway. Everything comes back full circle with him. And it is so cool. Yeah. Um, but if we try to take the divine out of the word of God and out of our life and just make everything about the physical, we stumble in that same darkness that Adam and Eve had when they ate that fruit. And um, I mean, we're born into it. So it is our homeostasis and trying to be cognizant of it is difficult. We forget because something stinks or something tastes good or or you get tired or you know all the things that that encompass our physical world um hmm. but it's not always going to be this way and and i'm so grateful and it's not the way we perceive it our world is not the way we perceive it our enemy is real he is fighting against us every day every day he has something to bring against us or to yeah distract us with and it's funny because hollywood gives a lot of spoilers that i think are um the seed of satan man all the time they they give they give spoilers um there are so many shows that 
if you watch him, you're just like, you know, I think that's playing out way more in real life than we realize. Um, yeah. And and we'll we'll get into that in this particular series a little bit more in the Hollywood um, Hollywood Hell Aspect. spoilers. Yeah. But for here, for Serpent and the Seed Part One, um, it's really about the serpent. Um, we will make much more ado about the seed because he's so much greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And we think about that when we're trying to overcome a a difficulty. <laughs> You know, or if we're afraid or something, but we don't think about he that's in the world is in the world all the time. And he's not ungreat. He's just not the greatest. He is not greater than the greatest of the greatness. And that's Yahweh. And and that's his spirit in us, abiding in us. Yeah. Um, but going back to the serpent a little bit, um, I have one more uh, Genesis uh, item to touch on before we go a little bit more into the serpent. And that is um, Adam and Eve are out of the garden, right? We, that's where we were discussing that out of divine counsel. And um, Eve has a son and she names him Canaan or or Cain and then she has another son and his name is Havel or we, we translate that into Abel um, and you know they didn't have a great relationship because a lot of times the firstborn and the secondborn don't um, and I had well no I'll go there and I'll, in a second I'll go there remind me that we're the secondborn um, and I'll only touch on that a tiny, tiny bit because that's another episode because there's a lot to unpack there. There's a but, lot to unpack in all these episodes. Oh, man, there is. There really is. So we, we know Cain kills Abel. Even if you know very little about the Bible, you know Cain mm -hmm. killed Abel first murder. Um, and then the Bible tells us that after all that, um, that... Eve has another son, and his name is Seth. And then Seth has a son, and he names him Enosh. Not Enoch, Enosh. Like, uh, Very important distinction. Yeah. Um, e Enoch is another four generations from Enosh, if I remember right. And if I'm wrong, I do apologize. Okay. Um, there goes Kat. Um, but last... Last three verses in chapter four of Genesis, Adam again had sexual relations with his wife and she gave birth to a son who she called Seth, which means granted. For God has granted me another seed in the place of Hevel since Canaan killed him. So um, she has another another son in the place of Abel who Cain has killed. And Seth too to Seth too was born a son who he called Enosh. That is when people began to call on the name of Adonai. And that is a pivotal 
um, scripture there, verse 26, that is when people started looking for the kinsman redeemer. Obviously, he wasn't Cain, and guess he wasn't Abel, being as Cain slew Abel. And um, at the time of Seth, Seth was obviously informed of the Proto-Evangelion, and he passed it on to his son Enosh. And at that time, people started asking Adonai for the Redeemer. When is our Redeemer coming? And then all throughout Egypt, the, the song of the slaves is our deliverer is coming. Our deliverer is coming. And Moses is a wonderful um, type and foreshadowing of the deliverer. As a matter of fact, they, um, the word refers to Jesus as second Moses um, because Moses is is a redeemer for the children of Israel, but he's not the redeemer. But so much of what he does is foreshadowing of what um, the redeemer will do. It's it's little glimpses of the promise of the redeem uh, the the cosmic redeemer, hmm. and not just mankind began to call on the name of Adonai, but the word tells us that the entire earth groans for return of Messiah. We the whole earth groans for that return. And um we're very big fans of FAI. We've already talked about him and told you that means Frontier Alliance International. Um and they never have an episode where they don't say Maranatha. Mm-hmm. And Maranatha means um, the Lord has come. The Lord is coming. Come, Lord. And that was the way first century, the first few centuries probably of Christians greeted one another when they were still under the Ro- Roman occupation. They would say Maranatha or Marantha. Um, and and uh, that greeting rather than just shalom, which is peace be upon you, um, which is a very common greeting as well. But the church used Maranatha, which is the seed came and he's coming again and we can't wait for him yeah. to come. And another believer would respond the same way. But if they didn't respond that way and responded some other way, well, then the believer knew to, you know, be careful because their persecution was unto death. <laughs> Rick, did you have something to add there before we segue? Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, I checked it. I looked it up for you. It was actually five generations. You were really close, though. So oh, okay. Was... Well, yeah. um, I knew it was right <sighs> around there. Together. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, guys. <laughs> you want to find out you something would... cool? Look up Chuck Missler and... <laughs> The message given in the first, is it seven generations from Adam down to Enoch? There is a prophecy in those names, and it's phenomenal, but I'm not going to tell you it. Yeah, you know which one I'm talking about. Oh, it is so cool. Chuck Missler, though, it's it's really cool, and um, I'm sure that there are some biblical uh hebrew scholars who who could definitely talk about that more but i don't know 
it it's one of those things that obviously it, makes it basically me smile. it it basically like through the names of of the generations like spells out the entirety of 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 existence it, it starts from it starts from adam and basically it basically says just i'm just paraphrasing you know that the first man came there was the separation the the savior came restored and then defeated the the opposer and it's really yeah, it's, it's, it's really cool. really cool yeah to something like from man will come uh yeah the savior of the world it's it's really cool and my paraphrases it, it stinks you just you got to find it yourself it, it'll knock your socks <laughs> off and if it doesn't you might want to take your your pulse because it's really pretty right. stinking cool um i don't know you know when the psalmist says that that the whole world uh all of creation points to god like he is not exaggerating he's really yeah. not so you know what's what's struck me right as of late is that the more you look at the and, and i think it's important to 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 recognize that what we're well, the way we're coming at this is the way and shell's doing a great job of laying down the foundation so you guys are really understanding what's going what's gonna what we're gonna be talking about but what's really cool about this is that once you understand the way that the jews look at this and how we don't like the Bible is so much cooler. It's so much cooler than any of any of the fiction films that you can go watch. It's mm -hmm. it's just crazy because those are <laughs> to use the uh, to use the biblical explanation, right, or the biblical um, phraseology. They're a poor reflection of reality. They're a poor reflection of the true image. Glass um, <clears throat> We only see a dim image of what actually has been, is, and will be. And uh, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I don't want to. I don't want to give anything away. There's a, there's plenty to say, but I won't give anything away. Isn't it? It's really cool when you when you begin to understand that we are spirit living in meat puppets <laughs> in <laughs> really what is a way more uh, spirit dominated world than we recognize mm -hmm. then all of a sudden yeah the 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 bible comes so alive there is so Full much circle. more meaning in there um we Guys, we were sold a lemon and told it was a Lambo. And you just, you won't know until you get in a Lamborghini and open it up all the way. You, then you realize you've been driving a Datsun B210, man. Yeah, well, and, and <laughs> I, I'm not going to give away any, any particular thing, but what blew me away is that our particular worldview in, in the modern era about Christianity is is literally 60 66% absent from how the old world saw the bible um and not only saw the bible but interacted with it like it's just it's just crazy like we're terrified 
when we think that demons exist and they possess people or they influence them or anything i mean it just that was that was common knowledge for them that's why in places like india i mean i've, I've had my my brother-in-law and sister-in-law when they talk about um interacting with with christians in, in india and, and missionaries and stuff that they'll be sitting at their dinner table and they'll be like demons flying around the top and they're just like nah, they can't do anything anyway so <laughs> it's it's so normal to them because they understand the world that they live in and we're we've we've modernized and industrialized everything and we think that we're absent from all of it and we have yeah. our cool technologies to protect us so what do we care if uh you know god can raise the dead <laughs> right well we we have medicines that'll kind of do that too sometimes our postmodern worldview is, um, is anemic. Yeah, it's pretty stinking yeah. sad. It is. And you know what? We're not we're not saying we're in a different boat. We are learning this. But it's yeah. so exciting to know. We're bringing you guys on that journey with us. So That's frankly the intention. More, honestly, it is. Because it's like, it's like those videos... Um, the things you didn't know you needed from Amazon or whatever they are, you know, and then this yeah, person yeah. is like, ah! and you're like, uh-huh. And then you get it and you're like, ah! yeah, that's yeah. really what it is like. It's like, oh my gosh, where in the world? Why did I waste so much of my life yeah. not recognizing that I you, live in a spiritual world and yeah. my God is so big and there's so much more going on around me yeah. um, than I realized. And I'm sitting here playing tiddlywinks with uh, waste, wasting my time yeah. when there's so much more precious than, than what I'm doing. It, and it makes, it makes so much more sense like why god tells us to prepare ourselves like and i mean when i say prepare ourselves, sorry that's a that's a very hispanic term I'm bleeding over into spanish but what i mean is is to be uh to be studied to be learned um we understand why god tells us to be learned and and to be active and to be active in our community to be active with those we interact with to constantly be learning to constantly be above all seeking him um because man there's just there's just really not any time to waste and we waste it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a shirt. If I ever heard There's not any time to waste. <laughs> and we're wasting and all the time. We spend all our time wasting it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Wow. Um, um, man, like we, there's so much, we, I, I know we I know. just want to talk forever, but I really want to, to bring up how the serpent uh, that is not a um a foreign idea to us oh got it good i'm glad i thought that's where you're going so we've we've talked <clears throat> just a touch about the seed that the promised um skull crusher jesus messiah and he did come he did fulfill so much of the promise but not all of it yet but he will Mm. He will finish it. It's going to be spectacular. But, well, he did finish it. We're just not there yet. Yeah, he did. He did. 
he did finish. He he plainly said it is finished, but it that's one of it was the finished before it began. Which is well, such it a was crazy because idea. the word says so before crazy. the foundations of the earth, before let yeah Christ that's... yeah let there be light. Oh. Oh, I was like, <laughs> uh, is that a Hebrew term? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> be, before before Yahweh ever said, let there be anything, Christ already, already was our perfect, acceptable sacrifice. He yep. already at that time. So this serpent deceiving mankind didn't take God unawares. Jesus wasn't plan B. Yep. He, he wasn't plan C. He is plan A, and this was planned. God. Plan Alpha and Omega. That's uh-huh. right, because he is already, he, for him it is completely done. We're the ones stuck yeah. in the, in the film the frame time by rift. frame, right? Yeah. That's, um, and you know what, Shell? I, I was just thinking about, sorry, this is just a super quick aside. It's okay, go ahead. I just ahead. think it's really cool that that when when we were dismissed from the garden, right? Like when we were let go or, or cut off really is really what happened. Um, and we left those, that dimensionality, our, our finite barrier became time. And the only thing that transcends that is prayer now. It, that's true. That's true. Or or by or, or by a, a miracle that God decides to do in or for us, right? If right, right. If he if he brings his hand in or pulls us mm-hmm. pulls us out for something, uh yep. uh like Isaiah, Ezekiel, um John's uh Who was it uh in the New Testament that randomly was it Paul? Philip? He was, he was, I think it was Philip, right? Because he was, he was alongside. Translated. The, 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 yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's, I, mean, just like, I think that's Acts, thir- uh, um, Acts 8, I think is yeah, where that is. It's, that's that's right. one of my favorite, <laughs> favorite stories. Like, oh, beam me up, Scotty. Psh, God thought of it <laughs> first. It's, it's like truly one of the coolest things to me. I love that with the Ethiopian. Um, yeah, Philip and the Ethiopian. That's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's chapter eight. Look at, you. Look at you. I told you it's, it's really, really one of my favorite yeah. um, instances <laughs> in the first church. Like, ah, it's so cool to me. Like, God well, is I mean, really a lot cooler than. Something akin to, to happen to Paul, right? When he just walks right out, he's like, ah. There we go. And then he's uh, yep. like, oh, man. Hey, I thought guys. I was asleep. Here I am. <laughs> and, they're, and they're like, uh, <laughs> is that his ghost? Yeah. <laughs> That's, yeah. The <laughs> Philip one is 839. When they came upon, when they came up out of the water after, this is after um, uh, Philip had just him. baptized the Ethiopian. When they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, and the eunuch did not see him again. That is the Ethiopian but went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared in Asotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all towns until he reached Caesarea. And I think the difference is something like 30 or 50 miles. Yeah. it's From where he, and I think they, oh. the, 
the Bible likes to use to the term you. translated, but I totally, uh, I totally think of it in, in Star yeah. Trek terms. Not going to lie. Um, I was going to tell you, so, this is super quick too. Sorry. you know how we are. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I once heard a, I don't remember where I heard. I think it was when I was still in El Paso and I was going to, to my church there in El Paso. It was a while ago, but there was a, there was a pastor. I want to say he was a pastor. He might've been a businessman. He was driving around. He got picked up by the cartels and uh, they told him. This is not the story I thought it was going to be. No, it's not. <laughs> they they were like, you will give us the money that you, you have to give us or we'll kill you. And you have, I don't know if they gave him like a time limit or something, but they weren't going to let him out until his family or somebody paid his, his, um, uh, what was that called? Anyways? Ransom. Paid the, uh, the ransom. Thank you. Um, and I don't remember if he was like, they were like about to kill him or what, but, um, I think that was the case that he was, he asked, he's like, Hey, can I please go to the restroom? And, and obviously they, you know, they let him go to the restroom. There's no way for him to get out. And there was somebody waiting armed at the, do- at the door. And he was like, Lord, please get me out of this. I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he opened his, my, his eyes and he was miles away. I've heard, I've heard a few stories um, like that. One took place in Africa, like, like that. But of course, you know, um, it was just, I, it was a story that a visiting um, missionary had told. Well, yeah, Yeah. because man, being Americans, we lose out on a lot. So deprived of that, of God's miracles. We are because we have, we have some other form of, of getting it done you know um i know kind of makes me sad i mean i'm very grateful for all of our blessings and you know i'm i'm glad i'm an american but at the same time there's a part of me that is sad because we hamper the the that's the word visible moving of god's hand in it yeah. you know it it makes me sad um yeah. Agreed. Two, two serpents, two dragons in particular, because, you know, our intro did say that we would talk about <laughs> aliens and dragons. Aliens and dragons. And, what was and that what, other Real thing? talk? Real talk. <laughs> oh, oh, my. <laughs> oh, so, my. Oh, maybe, my. Maybe I'll leave that as the, uh, the intro. Uh, for this podcast. Oh, it's a good idea. That does sound really good. <laughs> <laughs> so the serpent, in particular, the dragon. Um, I I I know in the Bible we think of uh, when you say serpent, so you think Genesis, and then you think through the um, uh, end of Genesis when Moses. And Pharaoh, well, Pharaoh's magicians are doing their thing with the serpent, the the staffs throwing them down, and it becomes a serpent. And mm-hmm. and Moses, or they also call it Aaron's staff, gobbles up the other serpents. So there's serpents there. And then in the desert, when the Israelites are whining and whinging about being stuck in the desert and um god sends the 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 serpents and there's some sort of asp or whatever and then um and kill 
tens of thousands of people. So Moses erects the staff with the um, the serpent on it. And, and if you think of a staff and a serpent wrapping around it, the serpent's just going to slide right down, right? So we know that the staff is given a crossbar in order for the serpent to be on it. And there's, there's everybody who looks upon it is healed. And that, that's a, um, a, a type, uh, a foreshadowing again of the cross of Christ. Um, and there, there, I'm trying to think of other, um, serpent references. And I know there Serpentine. are some, Right. And I didn't bother to, to go into them all. Um, but then we get to Revelation and the dragon is talked about and he's referred to as the serpent of old. Uh, the one who was in the garden. Um, the ancient serpent, right? Because the phrase mm -hmm. Yeah, serpent of old, the ancient, the ancient dragon. Um, right. And uh, he's referred to there ag again as seraphim as part of the the um, angels that that cover, um, mm. which which is really interesting. And I'm not going to go into all of the the biblical references of dragons because I'm going to assume that our audience is familiar with those, familiar with the serpent and with the dragon um, scriptures in Old Testament and New Testament. And dragon, you've got Ezekiel, you've got Daniel, you've got, I think Isaiah talks about it as well. Um, again, mm -hmm. I mean, it takes nothing to do a search for dragon references in the Bible. So knock yourself go out. To, uh, go to BibleReference.com and type in uh, dragon or serpent. You will find plenty. Uh, sheesh, I didn't even get that high tech. I just Google you know? Yeah, you could do good, that too. Good old you could Googles. type dragon and Bible or serpent and Bible and it'll pop right up. That's also another way you could do it. So um, I did a similar search to find out all the dragon myths because I know there are dragon myths in every single um, uh, society. I know of all yeah. of them. Middle East, uh, Asian, um, the Americas, uh, yep. Scandinavia, the Europe. It, like, oh, there is. Oh, sh Shelley. What? I'm sorry. You're I'm okay. Sorry. I have to talk. I, I have to stop you. Uh, you'll love this. You'll absolutely love this. I just remembered this. Do you know what the word is in Chinese for? Uh, verbose for like overly talkative. Shelly or Ricky? <laughs> no. Four <laughs> dragons. Four dragons. It's it's, it's the character. That... It's the character for dragon written four times. Dragon, 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 dragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's funny because when Chinese people when 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 Chinese people, even if they just speak English and they'll 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 just be like, like somebody's like talking too much. They'll just be like, ah, oh, four dragons. Like because people don't shut up, you know, like, oh, four dragons. but I, I think it's, I think it's interesting because it, it, it alludes to, to the garden. Oh yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That over, well, over talk. Uh, Sorry. I just oh, to, uh, just 
That's good because the serpent yeah. was craftier than all the other. I literally just, I, I think I knew that and I thought about that way back when, but like I didn't give it much thought. And then until right now, it kind of. That's cool. That's really, that's really cool. Well, that's not where I was going with dragons, but I Sorry. Seem to like I it. To no, I, I love it. it yeah. <laughs> so, um, dragon, fiery serpent, flying serpent, fiery flying serpent. Feathered, um, beautiful serpent. Ah, uh, and you you want to say the name of that? Because if I do, I'm going to pronounce it as Quinzacodal, and I know it always makes you laugh. Quetzalcoatl. Yeah, guys, I'm really sorry. I, I was watching. I was watching. I was watching uh, Ruslan. You know who Ruslan is, right? I do know who Ruslan is. Shout out to Ruslan. Woo, Ruslan's he's great. An he's an interesting really cool. dude. Um, he is. He's a funny dude. Um, but he's definitely worth watching. Um, I agree with uh, a large portion of what that guy says. He's really solid and really, really spot on. Um, but he he says, I don't know what he was talking about, but he's talking about some point and he was like, oh, man, imagine I could just break out into to, to Russian all of a sudden and start saying stuff. And I was like, I mean, I can do that in Spanish. Like, if I really wanted to be like, el serpiente que quiere comer al Salvador, the, the serpent that desires to eat the savior. Yeah, you know, it's not. It is what it is. It is what it is. Anyway, sorry. I want to stay nope. thunder. I just that's to great. That's so great. Um, so yes, I I won't try to say it again because <laughs> I know I can't, guys. I'm really sorry. Quetzalcoatl. There you go. You can say it like that. Quetzalcoatl. Quetzalcoatl. Because <laughs> that's what it looks like to me. Quetzalcoatl. Yeah. I'm like I don't know, guys. Wait, Quetzalcoatl. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Sometimes the Texan comes out. <laughs> Um, wait it's a codal and he's i mean have you seen some of the um images that you can find online yeah for that i i read a, it's a I read really a, cool are you talking about dragons in general or are you talking about that particular deity that particular yeah, one I can, I mean, I know a lot, a lot. I, I actually know a good bit about that because, I mean. I like the rainbow City, bird right? dragon thing. Yep, yep. And, and the crazy thing, Shell, I, I, I was, I was so tempted to have my kiddo go grab the, the, um, um, the, the book I have. It's, it's basically like, you know, like a legend, like a bunch of Mexican legends and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and one of those is the one about Quetzalcoatl, right? This, this deity. And his punishment i don't remember how it happens but you'll love this his punishment was to be stripped of his beautiful feathers and he became a bat Ooh, really <laughs> i think it was a bat yeah i think that's right that's interesting yeah, it's really good it's very that's cool. really um, interesting so yeah and and another thing about that about him is that the way that the pyramid i'm getting ahead of myself i'm not gonna go too far but the way the pyramids are made in right outside of mexico city about an hour outside of the city when the sun sets it's it sets in such a way that the serpent looks like it's it's running down the stairs and that by the way yeah. that pyramid is a ziggurat yes <laughs> ziggurats there's something to be said there too we'll get to that get old is it cigarette or ziggurat i don't know what uh i don't know, I don't know. I, the, I don't know ziggurat I've always heard ziggurat, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I think ziggurat really is, is until recently right. Um, I mean, which I is also what, what Babel was, was. Like, but, um, 
but that 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 is I'm not give part an of official definition. This while you're doing that, um, the nagas in um, Hinduism, the manasa mm. also in Hindi, the Ouroboros from West Africa, and also Norse mythology. Um, Sometimes my handwriting is crazy. That is Amdual, which is Egyptian. And then there's uh, the Uraus, U-R-A-U-S, sorry. I'm not sure, but it's another winged. Um, uh, U-R-S. <laughs> right. Winged. I don't know which one. Um, there is... The Lebe in Dogon. There's the... Oh, you're going to like this one. I'll have to take my glasses completely off to read this. It is the Nigishizida. And I didn't even put okay. where that one was. I know, right? There's just so many. There's the Ahi and the Vitra, which is also Hindu. There's a lot of Hindu... Um, uh, snake, winged snake, dragon deities. Yeah. Well, we don't even have to mention uh, the uh, Kundalini, do we? Oh, no kidding, right? And that's not even in... I, I don't even think I put Kundalini in here anywhere. There's sh shishi, Shisha and Anatta, also Hindu. These there's, are all Hindi? Yeah, those ones were... Oh. There's, there's the Nuwa... Or the Nuga, and that's Chinese. There's the Ophian in Greek. How, how is it spelled? N-U-G-A? Um, N-U-W-A or N-U-G-U-A. Yeah, both of those are, are apparently um, a valid New. spelling. Okay, I'll look it up. You know me in my languages. Right, those those are some of the the... Dragon, snake, flying snake uh, deities in the world. Every uh, lunar, Chinese lunar new year, um, there is a dragon paraded throughout the cities. Um, most of us have seen them. We've even seen probably in America, some American version of it happening, you know, in some of our uh, cities, uh, San Francisco, um, New York, for sure. Um, the thing that I had not realized is that the red, the red ball thing that it's chasing. Um really resembles a seed it's a dragon going to eat the seed um in ohio have we seen that imagery before right in ohio in these united states of america, <gasps> america. there is there is the snake mound please look it up it's very cool so, um especially serpent mound, right yes oh sorry serpent mound and um, it is it is an undulating snake. It is quite long, just massive. Yeah, um, you can see it from planes. Uh, I think the L.A. Marzulli 
uh, does a Ooh. a um, drone. He sends a drone yeah, up does. and does it, and it's really cool. And at the mouth of the snake, there is a ball. And there are some people who will try to say it's a snake birthing an egg, but um, that's that's something that we were going to touch on, right? That that mm -hmm. all our all, all archaeologists say that you know that that's a common um, expression of, of life or yeah rebirth, a very right? Right. Um, right. The thing is, have you ever had snakes? We've had a couple of snakes. I'm not going to lie to you; our snakes didn't have babies. But I do know that the hole that the snake pushes the egg out isn't its mouth. Just saying, when a snake goes for an egg with its mouth, it's to eat an egg, not to birth oh, wow. an egg. So I, I can't buy into, into what some archaeologists have said where they think in the Serpent Mound that that it's the the snake birthing the egg that makes no sense that is not where the egg would be yeah here i'm like that is the motif of but... of the serpent trying to eat i think the seed. i think it's yes and i think it's very important that that you we're mentioning um that that's here in the united states of america because well, I think that's very relevant. I'm gonna I'm gonna see if I can too. put up on screen a real quick um, image of that. Let me see if it'll let me. Do 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 do. That would be very neat, guys. We, we are still learning our technology. Not gonna lie. The cool thing is, you have Google's, and you can always go look too. Uh, look there? at it. Get this guy yep. right here. It's crazy, right? Um, it is. Let me see if I can. Uh, the, the, here's the thing is that like the native americans from that region they've no no clue who who uh did this endeavor who, who this takes it? a lot uh, it takes a lot of work to do and yeah. they are not claiming um the the praise of making that that mound and it's so yeah. sophisticated and they did that from the ground cheese louise and you know what it's, uh, it's, it's very impressive talk about these i mean this is not i mean i guess the the mouth of the the serpent could potentially be a ziggurat and and i'm going to read that um meaning real quick here oh gosh i got to oh. shut up guys stop bugging me okay uh, Ziggurat <laughs> is <laughs> in ancient Mesopotamia, which Mesopotamia will become more and more relevant as we continue. A rectangular True. stepped tower, sometimes surmounted by a temple. Ziggurats are first attested in the late 3rd millennium BC and probably inspired the biblical story of the Tower of Babel. Well, I think it's right, right. the other way around, but you know. Yeah, it... Um... It's interesting, Babel. I'm I. One of the books I'm reading currently is *The Great Inception* by Derek Gilbert of the Gilbert House, as a former. Oh, cool. reading it. Is that the one you were sharing with me today? Uh huh. Oh, uh huh. Cool. It's really good. I'm like I'm. It. It's 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 really really good. Um, you can get it on Kindle Unlimited. I'm just saying. Oh, then I'll go pick it up. 
I think. I don't think. Maybe. Maybe I paid for it. I'm sure. I don't know. Well, it's worth okay. it. It's a real we'll interesting read. <laughs> right, right. Um, but he he mentions, and then I'll get off the subject of ziggurats, but he mentions that the ziggurat at Babel, which, by the way, is not in Babylon. Really kind of interesting there, too. It is in Mesopotamia, hmm. but not in Babylon. Um, is a man-made mountain. Because remember, mountains are the places, the the meeting places of the gods. Most, the the thing that should have come to mind for many people hearing that statement is Olympus, mm-hmm. because a mount Mount Olympus is where the that's, that's the closest like cultural culturally um, relevant theme or, or icon that we have for for Amer- I would yeah. say for Americans and like Europeans and stuff. Right. Right. Um, but it's a very common motif, especially in um, ancient Middle East. Uh, yes. For Mesopotamia, it's huge. Um, God meant, met man on the mountain. Um, Eden is referred to as the mountain of God. Um, Zion is the mountain of God. Um, uh, Jerusalem is the, the shiny, shiny well, city on the hill. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's Zion, that's Zion, Mount yep. Zion. Um, there is, darn it! Now why did I forget the name of? I distracted you. The the mountain where um, it's the entrance to the underworld. It's where Jesus told Peter, oh, "The gates of hell will not prevail against his church." It's not Mount Hermon. It's, it is Mount Hermon. Is it? Yes, it is. Okay. It is. It is Mount Hermon. Thank you, because I keep thinking Horeb, and I know it's not Horeb, but it's Mount yeah. Hermon. Oh, that's um, I mixed up, too. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, the, it, very, very common for uh, the gods. Or Where did Jesus go to meet with, with God before he died? He went to the Mount of Olives. Well, it, the Mount... Um, Mount Hermon. That. That's that's where the the um, transfiguration happened. Mount Hermon. Yeah. Right. Hermon. Right, right. Um, I don't know how you say it. So Might so mountains. Yeah, mountains are are uh, very much a meeting place of the gods. Yes. Uh, Moses got the Ten Commandments. Abraham. Took um, to be Abraham took Isaac. Yeah. Right. Um, but when they didn't have a mountain to hand. They'd build one, and that's what a ziggurat is. Hmm. It's it's a building, and that's what the Tower of Babel was. It was man's way of building a mountain to call down the council of God. Goes without saying, the pyramids. I, absolutely, I am sure. Um but I didn't mean to go there. I was just kind of going <laughs> with serpents. Oops. However, the serpent motif with um, the pyramids with Zugrats is really, really strong, um, especially in the Americas. Um, like you had said, the undulating um, mm-hmm. serpent going down, that that's not the only place. Um but it how seems else, to be a big the, uh, Aztec thing. 
Yes, it is. It is. It's very uh, Aztec. And it's how else would the uh, the the prince of the air descend onto the earth, right? Seems like a real good way. And what's most interesting is that Mesopotamia is quite a ways away from the Yucatan. I can't imagine how that happened. Guess but, you have to stay yeah. tuned. <laughs> very similar, very similar worship practices and motifs in worship. And why is that? Because, I mean, we're vastly creative entities, yeah. humans. We, we really are. I mean, good, go to a comic book store. You will be astonished by the creativity of humans. So we, you, you know, it's interesting that every culture has dragon um, motifs. Motifs, yeah, we'll go with it. gods. Mythos. I mean, gods, quite frankly. True, true. Um, gods is, is, is deities. It's the right way to say it. Um, not even uh, just that. There was a there was a point I wanted to make and. Darn it all, it just flitted right on out of my head. <laughs> Boo hiss. Um, this has been a good talk, man. Yeah. It's, it, 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 why is, is it I can have, I have four like, points and make it long? <laughs> I know. But I, I really, this is the stuff I've been wanting to, to desperately get to um, because it's, it's, it's just so important to talk about this stuff, man. Like people believers really need to get it in their heads that this is this is the real this is the real deal this is the real real deal it is the real deal this is really what what we're about and you know what um i like to every so often um ask people what is it that we're here for what is it that christians are supposed to do and um, I will give you a hint. You can find it in Ephesians 3. I was wondering if they were going to bring this up. Why would I not? I thought that's where you're going. I was like, I wonder if this was going. epiphanal for me. I'm not even well, going to pretend when I, otherwise. When you sent me that, because you sent me the, the teaching about this, and I was like, what? That is freaking weird. Uh, verse 10. I think it is verse 10. Ephesians yeah, I have it underlined <laughs> and marked thoroughly. That's what I was thinking in my head when I did it. Yep. Um, is for the rulers and authorities in heaven. Yeah, this this is not. Let me get. I'm in the the uh, complete Jewish Bible version. Trying to find the. The Amplified is good, though. So now through the church, the multifaceted wisdom of God in all its countless aspects might now be made known, revealing the mystery to the angelic rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. We are here to show the manifest wisdom or the, the uh, manifold wisdom of God to demons, people. Yep. That's what we're called to do, according to Paul in Ephesians 3.10. And I would like to encourage you 
to really spend a little bit of time in the book of Ephesians this month and ask God to reveal mm. to you himself um, how high and wide and deep and long his love is for us so that we we can come to understand that with the other saints um, so that we know what we were created for and how how to show that multifaceted wisdom of God man to the prince of the power of air because because he's so not quitting he has he has made himself known to mankind he he doesn't lurk in the shadows he doesn't hide he's really pretty bold with showing us that he is here he is here he doesn't care if we know that he's out to destroy us he's just gonna say look at this shiny thing that should have been clear from the past few years huh right well but you know what he holds up the shiny thing and like every audience member at every magic show ever we look here why everything is done here it's yep. what we do and like we reflect his nature that's why the word tells us to be sober-minded mm. and be and it's sober-minded it's important that you say sober-minded i would encourage you guys if you haven't listened uh, again to um the second episode of um the quiet rebellion it really deals with this there, there's time there is necessity for solitude that necessity for solitude is because we have to be in communion with the savior of the earth, with the redeemer, the justifier of earth. If we're not, we don't really get what his plan is. And he's, he's consistently speaking to us in our day. I mean, he talks to me all the time. Um, and I, I recently had a funny comment on Facebook where a guy was like, oh, if someone, if you're hearing voices in your head, you must be crazy. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. A materialistic worldview would probably make you think that. I'm sure that you're you're enjoying your life separate from all all uh, facets of reality that are not uh, physical items. Um, Shell, I wanted to. I'm glad you said manifold as multifaceted. Um, I, I want to mention this and read the other verse as well. Um, there's okay. a, f- a few um, uh, definitions for manifold, which is many and various, which is obvious, but. I, I like this a lot. Uh, as a noun, manifold means a pipe or chamber branching into several openings. In mathematics, this is really cool. Really? Um, a collection of points forming a certain kind of set, such as those of a topologically c- closed surface or an analog of this in three or more dimensions. In mathematics, a manifold is a topological space that locally resem- resembles Euclidean space near each point um so it's gonna have an x a y and a z and any other number of variables that you might right and or and or more right yeah Uh, sometimes that just made math cool it really does graphing cool because graphing is awful yeah i mean it's not fun but um but it is cool. what, what, what's produced by it is very cool. I want to read verse yeah. 10 that you read and then 11. Let's check this okay. out. His intent was that now through, sorry, my version's not quite as cool. It's the NIV. His intent That's was okay. that now 
through the church, the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mm-hmm. So we know what our we job is, and it was boldness. accomplished through Christ. Oof. That's It's really so good. Like, that crazy. is, I'll show you. Like my this oh you guys can't see it well if I get it closer can you yeah it is bolded in like purple <laughs> <laughs> as it should be in in the amplified of that like oh I don't That's cool. that you know what whoever says the Bible is is boring and isn't for us doesn't spend much time in it and there are a few places i'm not gonna lie it's kind of tedious sometimes but you know what there is nothing that is in there that isn't in there for a purpose Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. and sometimes we don't we don't get it all um i think if you open the bible with the intent that I'm living in a spiritual world that I cannot see. Um, Lord, you have told me that my battle is not with other people, but it's against principalities and powers and spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Um, Help me to see what you are saying through that lens. Um, it, we call this the divine council <laughs> worldview. We don't call it. Um, we subscribe to the divine council worldview, especially this, when we open the word. It shouldn't. We're going to be talking about this more at length, guys. Um, I think we're pretty much close to wrapping it up. Yeah, I think we're probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm going to I'll just finish with my, my personal thought about that. Uh, what we're talking about shouldn't change your worldview, but should change your view of the world for sure. So, or if the universe maybe is a better way to say, right? Um, I really like the phrase in, in thank you. That's exactly what I was going to say. I really like the expression in Spanish. And I've said this before, the world, the expression for worldview in, in Spanish is cosmovision, which means cosmos vision, literally. Um, So our vision of the cosmos should, uh, should definitely be affected. But our cosmovision should stay the same. Um, <laughs> honestly, it should just enrich what you already know. And frankly, man, I just, to me, it pumps me up. It makes me want to share the gospel with people because it's, it's our place in the heavens and in the eternal, in the eternal, uh, what's the word? The eternal uh, role that we play is, is just, it kind of blew my mind the other day when I realized what the divine council really means, which we will get into further detail in, uh, <laughs> probably the next episode. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. Yes. Um, I don't it know. Much? It makes you excited, doesn't it? Make you excited? Yeah. It really does. It, it's just kind of unbelievable because you're like, "Oh, God saved me! Thank you, Jesus, for saving. Thank you for your mm-hmm. redemption." And then, and then you're then you read more into it, and you're like, "Oh." Oh no no no! You're not just calling me to be saved. I'm not. I'm not saved by the the the. How do we say it in English? I'm not saved by by the skin of my teeth. 
right? Right, right. That's I'm, not, I'm not going to barely skate into heaven. That's that's, that's not the goal. Not the goal the is goal. not. No. The goal is to 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 judge the principalities for all eternity and we are part of that decision we are part of that council and that it is mind-blowing it makes you a lot more fiery and it makes me a lot more determined to stand at the gates of hell and redirect traffic <sighs> and man, it's man. not easy there are days when man yeah. i feel yeah. hit so hard and uh, i'm not a crier and i just might spend a few hours crying because you know the enemy knows how to how to hurt me yeah. i'm not invincible but i do get back up um yeah. because because the bible tells us that hell grows daily it grows daily that's gross i don't want hell to grow daily i want i want hell to grow no more no mm. more I don't want it to take another person. Instead, I want heaven to be full of everybody that God loves. And he said, I would that none would perish, but that all would come to redemption. That's, 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 that's everyone. That's, that's everyone. Man, yeah, I'm I'm just thinking of a a very 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 metal song, and I absolutely love it because I love the lyrics. And I'm just going to read the lyrics real quick. That's really all I want to say. I'm I'm kind of done. But it says, "As I pray in the name of the Lord above all, hell quakes, and give unto Jesus all of my soul, hell quakes. Oh, whenever I speak of Him, uh, or whenever I speak of Him who I extol, hell quakes." Hell quakes, all hell quakes, mm. and that should uh, not only send shivers up your spine, but that should uh, re- send you on a Be firm a path to re- That's being your resolve. Yeah, that's yeah. goals. That's right. Skull crusher goals. Mm. Right. By the way, the Crowder song is um, oh, yeah. "Crushing Snakes." That's what it is. And here. let me put both those on here. Oh, man, it's you and I have such different tastes in music, but you know that's what's so cool about the gospel is that yeah, um, it, it doesn't really matter because it, it's it's the content that God is in, interested in. Yeah, um, he's he's interested in our words, not our not not our form of expression of those words. No. Um, what was it, Crowder? What show? Um, crushing snakes. Crushing snakes. Yeah. Man, such a um, I will leave the link to all that stuff. I've actually captured most of it that I have to upload, which is, I'm getting better at this. Um, <laughs> it's a little less work We're every improving. time. <laughs> yes. And then I work on other things. It takes me more time. Um, guys, I guess we're going to wrap it up. Yeah, Shell, you, you good? I think so. So next episode, I think we'll talk about the days of Noah and mm. the divine council worldview. Yes. Yes, that's that's they important. go hand and in hand. They do. They go directly hand in hand. Um, guys, I, I want to thank you for tuning in today. Um, let me throw out some quick plugins real quick. I won't take long. Once again, please connect with us at solo.to slash the CTDW. Bookmark that bad boy because that has all of our contact. That has all of our social media. You're free to follow us on social media. 
Um, I'm thinking in the very near future, I'll probably start uploading all of our podcasts onto all social media, or I don't know. I'm not sure yet. Um, please, if you'd like to support us, you, you, you believe in what we do, you can support us on Patreon for as little as five bucks a month. Um, the more you guys are able to support us, if you would like to, uh, bless you if you do, bless you if you don't. But if you do, that will allow us to make more and more content um, because, you know, we're, we're we paying to do this. Jobs. What's that? <laughs> Said because we both have day jobs. Correct. We do this on Sunday night. <laughs> That's right. We both have day jobs. And, um, and we, we are investing in it uh, because it's something we, we really believe in and paying money to make it happen. And that's, Absolutely. I'm not, it's not a complaint. I'm just saying, you know, to pay the bills, you know, you got to have the skills. Or so, the money. so in tears <laughs> will reap in joy, man. Amen, amen. Someone and uh, we haven't despised our small beginnings and you guys have been awesome. Mm -hmm. Those of you that are following us, thank you so much. If you disagree with us and you listen anyway, also thank you so much. I, mm -hmm. I appreciate your, your time um, because it's time you choose to spend here on this podcast. Um, Patreon, solo.to slash the CTDW. And I think, oh, yes, if you'd like to, there will be a survey on anchor.fm slash the CTDW. You can find us there. You can also listen on Spotify or any other place that uh, is a large distributor, distributor of podcasts. That is all I have to say, guys. We also will happily take your emails yes. at the Christian Theological Dark Web at Gmail. Everything is spelled out. And and if you if all, you go to all lower cases, wink yes. wink. Uh, I don't think it I don't think it matters to be honest, but uh, it doesn't matter. But is I that used what you're doing to that? tech. I used to tech for AT and T, and and I tell people, you know, could you go to www.yahoo.com and they'd be like, is that all lowercase? <laughs> Are there any caps? Oh my gosh. Um, uh, yeah, um, you can joke. also. <laughs> If you <laughs> if you go to solo.to slash the CTDW, the first thing in a tiny little square that's posted there is our email. You can just click on it and you can email us from there too. So if you would like to do that, we would greatly, 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 greatly appreciate it. And if you um, disagree with us, we would super, super like you to do it and yeah. give us your backing. Let us know yeah. why it is you think what you think because we want to reason together and you yes. can't reason without conversation and yep. the the supporting um points that you have for believing yep. what you believe and we yep. would like to dialogue amen well ladies and gents it's been a fun one it's been a long one and we are signing off i guess uh we will just do our uh typical um peace out which would be for my husband's numbers. lurking in the background <laughs> Lurking. He's like, are you done yet, dude? Like, really? He, he, I thought he'd already left. He should have been well and truly gone. That's so funny, man. Um, shall it's number six, 24 through, right? Six, four, and five? 24 and 25. I think it's no, 24 I think it's four and five. Am I wrong? Let me find numbers. Good night. It's like one of the first five books of the Bible. What's wrong with me? It is. Okay. It is. Let's see here. Uh, oh, yeah. It's 624 through 26. Um, 
the priestly blessing. The Lord said to Moses, and I tell to you guys, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. God bless you guys. Shalom. And we repeat, Maranatha. Maranatha, guys. Hmm. Bless you guys. Thank you for watching this episode of The Christian Theological Dark Web. For questions or comments, please email us at thechristiantheologicaldarkweb at gmail.com. If you'd like to support us, please look for the Patreon link in the description. This has been another production of CTDW Studios. Thank you, and God bless.